0: We're talking about the everlasting kingdom of God. This is such a big subject. Uh, This is week five, so if this is your first time here or if you've only been here and haven't listened to these messages on our app or at home, I want to encourage you, this is a foundational series uh, that will help your life. We must be kingdom-minded. Amen? Amen. It's so important for us to realize that what happened, the redemptive plan of God, the reason why Jesus came was to bring the kingdom of God back to this earth and place it into the hearts of men. That's why he came. So now the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God will continue to increase The gates of hell will never, ever be able to prevail against the church. We will will be in heaven when this great angel starts sounding at the end of the tribulation period, but we will hear these words, "The the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our God. The kingdom of God. It's so important that you realize these principles so that you live in the kingdom. Because you've got to... Now, there's people out there that have no common sense, right? Do really stupid things. But I want you to go way beyond common sense into kingdom thinking, wisdom of God. There is nothing common about you and I. Common sense tells you to look at what's going on in your situation And make some decisions that make common sense. But God has called you to walk like Jesus. Makes no sense if you're going to minister on the other side of a lake to tell all your disciples in boats to go ahead and go. you got to spend some time with your father unless you think kingdom. And you're not bound by the laws of this earth and you just walk across the water. Right? Like your father likes to do. The book of Job says God likes to walk upon the seas. I can't wait to go for one of those walks. I think that'll be fun. It'll be fun. God's plan, remember, we said this before. Not only was his plan to bring the kingdom of earth or the kingdom of heaven to this earth, but get it into the hearts of men. But because why? Man is to administer his kingdom right? I said this to the men, or I might have said this, I don't remember, it kind of all goes together, but the Lord, I think it was to the men was the first time I said it, but here's earthly, earthly thinking, you will think you're an employee of the company that you work with. Kingdom thinking, you will realize you're not employed by that company for any other reason, except you are on assignment on this earth for the season of your life, and you've been deployed at that company. So now I'm deployed here. They are blessed because you are there. Because the blessing of Abraham is upon you. And you're to be light. You walk out part of your ministry as you serve people in this natural realm at your job. But you're a minister of the gospel. You're all called in the full-time ministry. And you're called. You're on assignment. You're to, you're to administer the kingdom of God. Right? We are an ambassador for Christ. We stand in this fallen world and we declare the truth of God's word. We bring the light of God into this world wherever we go. And we are not bound by the economies of this world. We're not bound by the security that this world can bring, no. We put all of our trust in him to understand the things of God you have to understand your position with him. That you've been made the very righteousness of Almighty, Christ, of, of Almighty God in Christ. So guys, as you sit here today, you're never to know lack. If there's any lack that is illegal in your life right now, it is to leave. And I gotta tell you, God's not gonna just come in, kick your door down and get lack out of your life. No, no, he already did that in the redemptive plan. He already broke the power of it. He he what did what does it say in Galatians 3? He redeemed you and I from the curse of the law. The curse of poverty and lack. The curse of sickness and disease. The curse of spiritual death. He's already redeemed us. That means he took his blood and he ransomed us. He paid the ransom and he was made to be sin so that we could be made the very righteousness of Almighty God so that we could be transferred out of the delegated influence of darkness into the kingdom of God's dear son, you are in the kingdom right now. Wow. That means no more lack. But see, here's the thing. You can't sit here and just go, okay, God, I'm in the kingdom. Just Then all this stuff just has to come in line with your word. Well, it does if you'll, if you'll believe it in your heart and release that into the earth. You have to bring God into your life to do that. Oh, he, you're his, right? He owns you and I. We're his kids, but he'll never violate our will. So what we do is we get his word in our heart. Revelation comes of who he is, and we speak that out of our mouth, and now Jesus watches over his word and will perform it in our life, Amen. right? In the same way, remember, Moses at the Red Sea, you hear me talk about this a lot, because Moses was a type, it, it was a type of a New Testament believer, right? He was a friend of God, we're to be a friend of God, he spoke to God face to face, just like us, and he had something in his hand that was given to him, it was a rod, it was a type of the name of Jesus, which we have been given, all authority is in the name of Jesus. So. All of a sudden, the Egyptian army's coming at him. He's got the Red Sea on one hand, the greatest army in the world coming to kill them. He cries out to God. He's like, hey, God, save us. And God pretty much reprimands him. Why are you, why are you talking to me about this? Use the rod, part the Red Sea, and go over on dry ground. Now, does the Bible say that that happened because that Moses actually parted the Red Sea and they went over on dry ground because of Moses? It doesn't say that. It says, it says he used the rod. So I love that about Moses. He figured it out. When God tells him something, he's just, yes, sir. I don't have to know how. If he said, if he said do it, his words enable me to do it. Right? In the same way, if God came up here tonight and said, okay, guess what, it's 9 o'clock Thursday morning, everybody would be like, whoa, got to go. It's, I'm going to be late for work, right? Because all of God's words come to pass. So Moses used the rod, and the Bible says he used the rod, in other words, like us, using the name of Jesus, and then it says, and God parted the Red Sea and dried the ground so that they could go across. It's the way it works in the kingdom. But we've got we've to gotta get to where we're kingdom-minded. We understand how the kingdom operates. We said this, Satan's kingdom, it literally manifests through the world system. And Satan's kingdom operates on the law of buying and selling, right? It's money is the means of exchange, If you go to a restaurant, guess what? They will bring you food you can eat, but then you give them money. Does that make sense? The kingdom of God, as we said, operates through the church, and it doesn't operate on... Money is not the medium of exchange. Faith is. Because it doesn't operate on buying and selling, it operates on seed time and harvest. This is why you'll never find a verse in the Bible that will tell you that your job is to provide your lifestyle. It never says that. It it talks about how that your job will provide seed. And as you sow seed, that is what's to provide your lifestyle. Seed time and harvest. So many Christians are sitting in the kingdom of God with the blessing of Abraham upon them, they've been redeemed from the curse of the law, and they're living in all of this nonsense that Satan's bringing all this stuff, poverty and lack, and all this stuff into their life illegally. And we even come up with these crazy doctrines. Well, you know, God is just, I just can't understand his plan. And, you know, he's just, this is my cross to bear. And you just never know what God's going to do. You have the satanic version of the Bible. That's not God's word, right? God's word are all the promises of God are yes and amen. Right? So we have to use the name of Jesus to operate in the kingdom. In other words, we live and move and have our being in Christ. What do we do? We believe his word and speak his word. And then God performs it. Because guys, here's here's the bar for us as Christians. We are to bring heaven to this earth. We are to show the world, the people that don't know God, what heaven is like. So you are to walk free from worry of any of your needs. You're to walk free from that. And you're to show All these people that don't know God, what heaven is like. Listen, he's my provider. It doesn't matter what happens to gas prices or food prices. It doesn't matter if there's a famine. I will never have a famine. Why? Because he is my source. And he never runs out. A big principle, as we're going to see, we talked about it, starting to talk about the kingdom. This is step number one. Matthew chapter 6, right? You have to realize that seed time and harvest is how God's thing works. If you're not sowing a seed, there is no harvest, right? But if you'll sow a seed, there will always be a harvest. So look at this. Let's keep going with this. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6. Just real quick. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19. We went through this in depth before, but I just want to skim it real quick. Verse 19 through verse 21, it says this, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust does corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, that is where your there, is, there will be your heart also. Wow. Do you realize that, like, we just received the offering, so the tithe, the first dime out of every dollar, God says, listen, I want you to, you can't give it to me because it's already mine. I've given you everything. You, everything, I mean, everything is his. But he's like, bring back that first dime out of every dollar. We call that the tithe. But when you tithe into the kingdom of God, when you sow offerings, however you purpose in your heart, however the Lord leads you, when you sow these monies into the kingdom of God, listen, listen, you are making deposits in a heavenly account that those banking hours, it's open all the time. Whenever you serve God, like right now there are people serving God as they are ministering to babies, nursery, toddlers, right? Children, there, there's ushers that are here, the worship team as they were ministering, all the helps ministry people that we need. Do you realize anytime you are doing anything for the kingdom, you are literally making a deposit in heaven, right? You go throughout your day and you make yourself available because you realize I'm on assignment and everybody you talk to, everybody you pray for, everything you do for the kingdom of God, all of your time that you invest, all of the time that you pray and study so that you can be approved of God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, all of that time, all of that energy, coming to church on a Wednesday night, do you realize you're making deposits into a heavenly account? And the only difference, see, we think, well, yeah, that's all great, Tony, but what, how does that help me? Listen, all of it can be withdrawn anytime. And here's the thing, it's it's not like Apple stock. But it's not like that. Your heavenly account's just like this. And actually, the interest on it, do you realize God it started out at thirty fold? So, Pastor Edwin, I'll put you on the spot again. What would be, if I a $1,000, what would be 30 times that? A thousand, 30 yeah, $30,000. $30, that's, that's the low end. Then there's 60-fold, then there's 100-fold, and then you realize, wait a minute, this is not based on God. He's like, You'll prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. So do you want to be 30-fold? Do you want to be 60-fold? Do you want to be 100-fold? Well, yeah, that doesn't take a rocket science, right? So so you start to see, and, and we need to learn how to withdraw. See, how are you supposed to get stuff? You delight yourself in the Lord. You thank him that all your needs are met. You speak his word out of your mouth and then all of a sudden a desire comes up in your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Those desires are expressions of his will for your life. They'll supersede all of your own desires, all of your own plans. His stuff you were made for. And as you delight in him, it'll just get bigger. And what do you do? You just claim it. Okay, Father, I claim that in Jesus' name. Right? Satan, here's the deal. You have no authority. I've been given all authority in the name of Jesus, so I bind you. Ha, ha, ha. I command you to take your hands off that money in the earth realm. You've got to let it go. And then angels who hearken to the voice of God, to the word of God, Right? When you speak his word, now, angels, you go in the name of Jesus, and you bring that increase to me. Could it be that simple? It is. See, then, but see, all this stuff gets warped because you got people, you know, I mean, you could probably find it tonight. You know, when, if you if you're just can't sleep, right, and... You're not resting on the inside, so you're not resting on the outside, so you can't sleep. And you turn Christian TV on, and you got this guy talking to you about, man, you know, send me $1,000, and I'll send you my socks, and as you walk in them, don't buy that stuff. Because the thing is with the kingdom, you must seek first the kingdom and his righteousness. We don't seek things. We seek him. And then he just adds it. And it's so, it's so glorious when he adds it because then, you know, so I'll tell on my wife. So I'm not a big gift person. I love, I mean, I love giving them. I don't, like on anniversaries and stuff, you very rarely ever get me anything because I'm like, don't, don't get me something. You know, I love giving it, but if, and she'll tell you, why don't I want you to give me something? Because I just buy what I want, Right. Okay, so if I want something, I'll get it. So, yeah, so that's right. I'm going to come over here and talk to this man over here, Pastor Torian. (laughs) That's right, that's right. So, so, but at Borsheim's over here, there was this watch. Man, I just, I've been looking at this thing, how many years? Eight, maybe? Eight, eight years? I'd go in there and Henry, you want to look at your watch? Sure. (laughs) Sure. Let me see that thing, man. I put it on. I'm like, wow, it's even set to my wrist and everything, and I just liked it, you know. And uh, so all of a sudden, I turned 30, because because Jim, 60s the new 30, right? And uh, and so when I turned 60, my wife got me this watch. She had literally been saving money behind my back. Can you even believe that, right? (laughs) For all these years. So now, when I look at this watch, I mean, I like it. But what I love about it is because she gave it to me. She thought enough. and, And for years, just put a little money away, put a little money away, put a little money away, right? And then all of a sudden, I have this. That's the way... Everything in your life needs to speak about God's love for you. Hey, my father did this for me. My father did this for me. My father got this for me. You know, I've got some student debt over here. Here, let me tell you this story. Man, I just, my father just, he, he, he eradicated that. Right? That's the way God wants you to live. Because he wants everything to speak of his goodness. Yeah. It's not about materialism because we as Christians, I'm telling you, this thing's so good, you, we think about money, how we can give it away, what we can sow into, Amen. right? I mean, when I say you work for a living and then your living determines your giving, that's biblical. I'm not there yet because what we make, still pays our bills. But we are believing God someday to just, you know, that check, here it is. And, you know, Mr. Government gets their stuff. And then, wouldn't it be cool to just sow everything, just sow 100% of the balance into the kingdom? And and we're going to get there, right? Unless the Lord messes that up and we get raptured out of here. But I'll be okay with that. I'll be okay with that. So we don't lay up for treasures for ourselves on the earth where things can get to it. No, you have a heavenly account. I'm looking at a lot of people that have honored God for a long time. Man, start withdrawing that stuff, right? Because it's for you. It goes down in verse 24. It says, no man can serve two masters. So now he's, these are two masters that have distinct Distinct systems. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other, or that means treat the other as common. You cannot serve God and mammon, right? That, that Chaldean word, mammon. Mammon was the god of materialism. It's money. It's actually, if you study mammon, it's money gain by greed or by pursuing it you can't serve God's saying there's two masters that are always going to be pulling mammon's always going to be pulling at you and people Christians make decisions man I need some more money so I can't I'm going to put this thing about doing what God's called me to do on hold for a little bit because I listen it'll never be on hold for a little bit It'll go from one thing to another, and you'll blink, and 10, 20, 30, 40 years go by because your life is like a vapor. But then he finishes up in verse 31. He says this, because of everything he said, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, not on the earth, right? You can't serve two masters. Don't serve mammon, serve God. So now he's saying, hey, therefore, take no thought. This word, take no thought, in the Greek language means an anxious thought. It's called worry. In other words, he's saying, therefore, don't worry saying. Do you know when you worry, what do you do? You speak. You talk about it. When you're in faith, you talk to your mountain. When you're in mental ascent or not in faith at all, or, you know, Sometimes Christians think they're in mental, they think they're in faith because they could quote a scripture, but really they're freaked out, right? When you're not in faith, you'll speak about your mountain all the time, right? Take no thought saying, what are we gonna eat? What are we gonna drink? Wherewithal are we gonna be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. Who are the Gentiles? These are every race, every nation on the earth, of people at the time that were not Jewish, that had no covenant with God. So the Bible in the New Testament's telling us, don't think and worry about the needs of your life like people who have no covenant with God do. You have a covenant with God. It says, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things, but seek first, seek ye first. This means, this word seek means pursue, study, explore, learn, understand, and consider first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is his righteousness? His way of making you right. What is that? You were made righteous through faith. Seek first the kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. Notice The other flip side of that is if you don't seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, it's not going to be able to be added to you. It's not that God's withholding. He already gave it to you. You won't be able to lay hold of it and receive it. Because the blessings are to overtake you. So literally in your life, you're to live worry-free just seeking a relationship with him. That's what we do. Right? I love that. All these things will be added to you. So let's talk more about this seed time and harvest thing. Go to Genesis chapter 8. Genesis chapter 8 in verse 22 has a scripture that's powerful. This is a truth that will never, ever, ever end while the earth remains. So that tells me God says this is out of the realm and jurisdiction of Satan. He can't mess with this. He says, while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. While the earth remains. What I want you to focus on is he said, seed, time, and harvest will not cease while the earth remains. Satan cannot stop you. When you sow, you are going to reap. He can't stop that. So this system that the kingdom operates on, seed, time, and harvest, he can't. it's out of his realm. He can't touch it. Isn't that interesting? That's why... He comes at the Christian, get your eyes off Jesus, get your eyes on yourself. Don't trust him, trust yourself because he knows if you ever have all of your trust in him, if you ever humble yourself and submit your life to the fact that I am completely dependent upon him, he is done in your life because he knows you have all authority. He knows you are in the kingdom of God. He knows where you are. But if he could talk, if he could get you to never really know it, see, he can know where you are, but if you don't know where you are, it won't do you any good. It's outside of his realm. Look at Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Luke chapter 6, verse 38. Give, and it shall be not might. It shall be given to you. Why? Because seed time and harvest, it can't be stopped. Given it shall be given unto you. But wait a minute, this gets pretty good. When it's given back to you, it's given back a different way. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. Wow. See, God's not going to rain down money from heaven. Why? Because he's not a counterfeiter. Right? No, he'll he'll get it released from the earth system in the form of increased uh, income in your job, favor, money in the mailbox, ideas for new technology, all kinds of stuff. Watch where we are at the end of the church age. You're going to see people that will jump into this and get so intimate and walk with their God, God's going to give them technology and ideas that all of a sudden money will not be an issue and they'll be able to be in full-time focus and ministry while just funneling millions into the kingdom of God. But see, we got to prepare our heart for that. And we got to get out of this earth system mentality where I'm just working for something all the time. No, no, no. I'm in the kingdom. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 9 in verse 6. See, guys, have you noticed how much I've had to talk about provision? Because to talk about the kingdom, you've got to get this. This is step number one. Trusting God begins with trusting God in your finances, because you've got to let it go. And I'm telling you, even as I preach this, man, I could feel, I understand because we have all been there to where you're like, man, if I tithe, how am I going to pay my bills? That's how come God is like, listen, I'm God, and you could even test me in this one. Right? And this is why, don't, don't become part of a church that's like, okay, Man, we'd love for you to be a part of us. Here's the contract. you got to agree to tithe to this church. And if you don't, I mean, I've even heard situations where, man, they will call you up and say, Hey, we haven't got your tithe lately. Are you kidding me? That's between you and God. Like our church here. Man, I want every one of you guys to honor God in your finances. But if you don't give a penny, you'll have all of the pastoral care, everything. Why? Because you're still my brother. Amen. I'm still your pastor. Right? Amen. You guys okay with that? Yeah. Yes. Did it take you a little while to figure out some of these? I mean, finances are kind of big. Mm-hmm. Right? Are you kidding me? 10%. 10, <laughs> 10. Wow. In all the years I've pastored and been in ministry, I've only had one guy tell me, oh, I make too much money to tithe. Usually it's, I don't know. He's like, Tony, are you kidding, 10%? Do you want me to pray that God kind of leans you down so that you can deal with this 10% a little bit? I would never pray that because God is not a leaner downer, right? 2 Corinthians 9, 6. I'm trying to lighten this up. Here's the thing, guys. If you're sitting here tonight, if you're watching online, and you're struggling in this financial area, this is what you do. There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ. Don't condemn yourself. Don't let the enemy, don't let any pastor, any believer condemn you. Start feeding on what the Bible says about finances. And all of a sudden, faith will be birthed. The, the Lord will meet you right where you are. He won't get upset at you. And he'll teach you how you can trust him. Because remember, we prosper in our own health as our soul prospers. See, prosperity is not money. Healing is not money. Prosperity, healing, this is what all of it is. All the blessings of God. Everything he's given us by his grace in the finished work of Christ, it's all revelation knowledge from his word. God wants you to, he wants you to know him. He wants you to know him as your provider. He wants you to know him as your healer. Right? Do you realize how good this thing is? Do you realize you go to a doctor because you got a pain in your body and that doctor says, you know, I'm really sorry. You have stage four cancer. It's in every cell of your body. You have 10 minutes to live. Do you realize it's not too late for you? Do you realize that Jesus paid for it? He bore your sickness and all things are possible. But see, what's the determining factor? It's our faith. So what's that based on? It's based on a revelation knowledge of him. God wants to he wants to come in see what am I talking about we have to move from salvation into transformation what do you mean by that we don't ever leave salvation no God is the God who would have all men to be saved but don't just stop there and go okay praise God I'm saved no, do you even know what you just said? That means you're prosperous, you're, you're whole, you're, you're taken care of. No, no, you got to come to the knowledge of the truth. Well, what's the truth? His word is truth. Well, who is the word of God? It's Jesus. So it's all intimate fellowship. And that's what he wants for you. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 says this, But this I say, he which sows sparingly, That word sparingly in the Greek means stingily. That means you're holding back more than you should. Do you see how that's an attitude of your heart, which is coming from where you're at in your mind? Shall also reap stingily, sparingly. Saying the way you sow is the way you're going to reap. He which sows bountifully. It's real interesting. This word bountifully literally means fine speaking. Do you realize you can sow a large check stingily if you look at this scripture? Because bountifully it's comparing somebody who's stingy to somebody who speaks fine over their giving. Man, when you get your tithe, when you sow an offering, I don't care if it's a dime, speak over it. Right? Father, I'm sowing this right now. And Father, I thank you that you are my source of supply. And I thank you that I have a covenant where you meet all of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Father, I thank you that I never will no lack. You are my shepherd, I will not lack. So I sow this in faith, and I thank you for bringing it back. Good measure, pressed down, shaken again. That's sowing bountifully. Notice how you sow is how you'll reap. I gotta tell you guys, there's a lot of Christians that have massive amounts in their heavenly account that they need down here in their life right now to eradicate some debt, to get you right? Look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Galatians 6, 7, it says this, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Do you see how all of these scriptures are saying the same thing? I love the Phillips translation of this scripture because it really brings out the Greek. It literally says this in the Phillips translation, don't be under any illusion. You cannot make a fool of God. A man's harvest in life depends entirely on what he sows. Wow. And that's literally what it's saying. A man's harvest in his life depends entirely upon what he sows. See, some of this stuff gets masked a little bit because, you know, God places somebody, somebody, God places in you, you know, some talents and gifts, and you are called to work in a in a in a career that that starts you out with some good income in the world so you could have this person over here that does not know how to believe god he makes one hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year and you know he'll be in his church he doesn't know how to believe god and he doesn't learn these principles and he looks good on the outside lives in a house nice house he Drives a nice car. He he has pretty decent clothes. He looks very, and he could be completely missing God's plan for his life. Versus the other guy who literally, you know, here he is, God has deployed him into something in the earth that doesn't make a lot of money in the natural. So this guy is still to go way up, but it won't come from his, his where he works. Do you see that? So don't don't compare. Why am I saying that? Don't compare to other people. No, no, you have to get revelation knowledge of the kingdom for you. Right? I mean, man. You could you could be worth hundreds of millions of dollars and completely miss God's plan for your life. Right? See in this scripture, Galatians 6-7, in 2 Corinthians 9-6, in Luke six thirty is the deal. It's not about the action. It's about the heart. Yeah. Right? Abraham, you know, I love it. You know when Abraham went and got Lot back? You know what's really cool? Do you know how many of his servants that he gave weapons to and went and got, got Lot and his family back with, overcame two kings and their armies, right? Do you know how many he had? This will bless you, too. 318. Isn't that cool? Guess how many seats we have in here? 318. Isn't that cool? What does that mean? Nothing. It's just cool. <laughs> I just thought that was kind of cool. But, you know, Abraham... Way before the law was given, he went to Melchizedek and gave tithes of all, not because he had to. No, no, it's, it's listen, our tithing, our offering, it comes out of a heart attitude. God, I'm so thankful you saved me. I'm so thankful for all you've given me. Surely the first and the best of everything I have is yours, and, and all the rest of it's subject to you. Whatever you want me to do, I'll do, because I am just so thankful that's the heart of a Christian. If materialism is on one end of the spectrum, a Christian's way, way over here because we are all about relationship with God. Aren't you grateful that you can know him? Yes, that he knows you? So let's real quick, I want to kind of go fast. I don't know if I'll make it tonight, but let's go to Mark chapter four. So in Luke cha- or in Matthew chapter six, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Right? This is so important. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. This is a master key of not only prosperity, but it's a master key of the kingdom of God. It's part of the mystery of the kingdom. So let's look at another mystery of the kingdom. This is another key to the kingdom of God, and it's found in the parable of the sower. So in Mark chapter 4 in verses 3 through 8, what happens? He tells a parable Of the sower. Then in Mark chapter 4, verse 9, he said unto them, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And now in verse 9, he's giving you the key to this parable. He's giving you the key to the mystery of the kingdom of God. And here it is having ears to hear. This is the mystery of the kingdom. To operate, to understand, to discern the kingdom. You have to have ears to hear. Okay? The whole parable is based on hearing the word. And this is the biggest problem in the body of Christ today. There are a lot of churches that you can go to that, even if you are going there with ears to hear, you don't hear a lot. You hear internet stories. Right, you hear you hear leadership quotes, which that's great, but that's not going to get you over. Right, Right? it's the word that's going to get you over. But then there's places where you're sitting and hearing, but I'm telling you, sometimes you hear truth over and over and over, and you start to treat it as common, or you're like, oh yeah, you know what? Hey, let's go, because you know, pastor pastors talked about parable of sower 25 times, you know that's about 400,000 times fewer times than you need to hear it, right? Talk to me in a million years. You're going to be like, wow, I'm seeing things that I never, right? Look at this. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. You got to hear the word. Verse 10. And when he was alone, they that were about him with the 12 asked of him the parable. Hmm they asked of him the parable. And he said unto them in verse 11, unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. Hmm. So Jesus preached, right? Jesus preached, and all the people were there, and then Jesus dismissed the service, and he left, and this group came back over to him and said, hey, um, can can you explain this to me? Can you say this again? Can you explain? Let me hear this again so that I can get it. He says, unto you, because you came back, you have ears to hear. Do you know, there was a guy in our church, he's went home to be with the Lord now, Man, this guy, his name was John. His name still is John. What am I saying? Right? He's up in heaven right now tonight going, man, he's telling everybody about Faith Family Church. This guy loved our church. He could tell me, I mean, if, like, we had a guy that was doing what, what Ryan does now and, and was trying to organize the teaching on our, on our website and everything, and, and he would forget about, okay, well, what message was this? He could call John and go, hey, That series from four years ago, before John was even part of our church, uh, what was this? And John would go, Oh, yeah, that one, it's this and this and this. John would come up to me sometimes and go, Here, Pastor, um, this was so good. I listened to it so many times, I transcribed it. I'm like, What? Yeah, he would transcribe. Man, he was going to get a degree that he had to, once he got the degree. He can go work in a field, but he'd have to be licensed, and you couldn't have a criminal record uh, to get a job. But he's still spending all the years to go to school with a criminal record. And he goes, oh, it's no big deal. God already told me that that'll be expunged. Then he graduated, and it was expunged. Isn't that cool? But so this this is the thing. Ears to hear, that's the key. People come to church, they hear it one time, and then that's it. I want to encourage you to have ears to hear. You got to hear this multiple times. You got to, if, if you're sitting here and all of a sudden a scripture just explodes, grab onto that. Walk around all this week. Father, I thank you, right? I got a text. It was the greatest text I've ever got, literally in my whole life. I, I cried when I got it. It was from a person in our church, and it was a screenshot of the first service that they came to. And now it was, it was, I was teaching on the renewing of the mind. Still had the notes. Right? And it just blessed me because she was just thanking me and and i and, and when she when she was you know she was talking about how that man and now you you're talking about this again and she still had some things and she remembers because she's in a great place going in going in a great direction the word has captured her Amen. ears to hear when you have ears to hear there is no limit to how much you will understand, discern, and learn to operate in the kingdom. Right? Wow. He said, And unto you it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, without what? Without ears to hear. All these things are done in parables that seeing, they may see and not perceive. That Greek word means they won't know and understand. When I say no, I mean not intellectually no. I'm talking revelation knowledge which only comes by the Holy Spirit. See, it's not, about, it's not about knowing the facts of this book. It's about knowing the author. It's way, way deeper than quoting a scripture. I mean, I could hardly talk about that because when I, when I open this, this is Jesus. Jesus. And the more, see, I was just, I was telling, we were just talking about this revelation knowledge. Do you know most Christians, the extent of revelation knowledge is they're reading their Bible and all of a sudden it kind of jumps off the page at them. And they're like, wow. And that, they stop there. That step, that's the beginning of revelation knowledge. But once that jumps off the page, if you will start meditating in that word, saying it over and over and over, what is meditation? Remember, we talked about that. It is the God-given process, right, that gives you a spiritual experience that causes your thinking to be forever changed. As you meditate in the word of God, all of a sudden, you are on the street with the woman with the issue of blood you are walking around the walls of jericho you are in the fiery furnace that's when it gets really good and all of a sudden the holy spirit's going hey did you notice this did you notice this right you read about how that you know jesus tells them to cast the net on the other side and they catch 150 some fish and and, and, you're, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit's going, I wonder what that is. And then all of a sudden, he gives you the answer. He goes, oh yeah, that, that number in the Hebrew language literally says, I am Elohim. And all of a sudden, you start to see things that you've never seen before. That's revelation knowledge. And hearing they may hear and not understand. In other words, they hear it, they do hear it, but they don't understand it. That means they don't, they're not able to put it together and comprehend it, Why? To take them from being a hearer to being a doer. Because the doer's blessed. Does that make sense? Lest at any time they should be converted, their sin should be forgiven them. Jesus is literally saying to these guys, I'm about to explain to you the mystery of the whole kingdom of God. Wow. We can know the pattern that unlocks everything about the kingdom of God. God wants you to know the pattern that unlocks everything about the kingdom of God as it pertains to your life right now. Your specific situation. Wow. Here's the thing. Hardness of heart is what causes you not to give your full attention to the word. Satan will try to use that. You've been burnt by other people and Satan will be just like, oh, you know what? You've tried this stuff before. Don't, don't, don't waste your time. It didn't work before. It's not going to work now. He'll try to put God into the classification maybe of your earthly father or somebody who hurts you. That's how come you just keep meditating in the word and God will meet you right where you are and he'll take you by the hand and he'll take you in his arms and he will teach you who he is through experience so that you will trust him with every fiber of your being. Wow. Verse 12, that seeing they may see and not perceive, hearing they may hear and not understand, less than any time they should be converted and their sins should be forgiven. Wow. See, Jesus was not trying to make it easy for everyone. He didn't make it easy for everyone to take hold of what he's provided for them right? You have to, you have to, now, now his yoke is easy, his burden is light, but you have to want it, basically. You'll have to dig for it. In other words, what does that mean? You'll have to be committed to it. God wants us to have everything that Jesus provided for us. However, as a wise father, he knows that it's going to take a total commitment on our part to be necessary to hold up against all that the enemy will bring against us in our life. He doesn't want you to progress and then go backwards. He wants you to just increase. So he'll help you in this. Amen?